This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 686 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. And today's tip is brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on Horses in the Morning, episode 486. Michelle, Dr. Jones, and the Horses in the Morning gang cover the who, what, where, why, and when of anhydrosis. But first, let's hear from today's sponsor. Hi, Glenn, back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I'm here with Debbie with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. This week, we're talking about the Equestrian Collection Savvy Shopper email newsletter. Here at Equestrian Collections, we send out a newsletter twice a month with interesting information and really good information from our vets and people around the globe that have good information for your horse and yourself. For instance, one of our employees was involved in the fire in Colorado, and she sent out information on how to prepare for evacuation. So there's all kinds of really pertinent information that we send out in our newsletter. That's twice a month. And every Friday we send out a sales flyer so our savvy shoppers get all the updated information about the sales that we have on our website. In order to sign up for Savvy Shopper, you just go to the website, and on the front page, on the home page down there about halfway down, it says sign up for exclusive emails. Now, when you sign up, don't worry about We do not sell your emails. We don't do anything except for send out this information to you, to the email that you give us. And it's very easy if you move or, or anything and you want to change your email address, you can just reply to that and we can take care of it for you. But it has lots of the vet. We have a vet um, on call that actually writes for us. The one where um, our employee was involved with the fires in Colorado, it had a, a companion piece from the vet on what to do about burns. So it's just really pertinent information and that we would like for our customers to have at the tip of their fingers. And I want to also mention that on in our on our website under our help button, you'll have a whole list on the right hand side of all the older ones that the vet has done and that we've had on there. So if you have a question on, uh, for instance, how hot is too hot to ride, how cold is too cold to ride, what to do about overheating horses, anything like that, it's all right there at your fingertips anytime you want it at www.equestriancollections.com. So, uh, just starting out, Dr. Jones, can you tell us what anhydrosis means literally? <laughs> Non-sweater. Yeah. I think you pretty much uh, laid that out um, yeah. when you yeah. your whole discussion um, of what happened. So, yeah. So, yeah. so, an is lack and hydrosis would be... Sweat, water. Sweating, yeah. So yeah. we're not sweating. We have shut down. I think you eloquently put that in good words and terms there, um, Jamie. And I hope I can shed some light. Uh, I'm just going to start off, I think, 
it would be best if I started off rather than wait till the very end and say, I'm not sure if I'm going to give you any more information than you already know, Jamie. So I will try to do my okay. best to ease your mind. How's that? <laughs> uh, that sounds good. That sounds good. As long as I don't run outside crying and go hug my okay. horse like sometimes no crying. I do. <laughs> <No> crying. <laughs> um, so horses, obviously, sweating is how they cool when when they're hot or exerting themselves. And so, I also want to interject also, the other way they cool is breathing. Okay. And so, so they will what, increase the respiratory rate if they're not sweating. I'm sure you've seen that, Jamie. Yep. And uh, that will help them cool off their body too because they're blowing off um, moisture through the respiratory tract. Yeah. So what does it mean for a horse that doesn't sweat? It's not the best thing. And it's not because Jamie's showing a horse and out there moving them around, that kind of thing. It's even for the horse here in Florida or Louisiana would be another ideal place that's standing in humidity and heat and can't cool themselves off on a day-to-day basis because they will sweat a little bit in the heat and humidity no matter where they are. So the problem is, is they will overheat and then you have some other um, compounding issues from that, which would be an increased respiratory rate. You get the abdominal press from their abdominal muscles, from the um, heavy breathing and the fast breathing and uh, other sequelas. What is, what is that? What is the abdominal press? What do you mean? That's what you say. We call it the heave line. So I've seen horses that are breathing so hard, so fast, trying to cool themselves off, that they actually will form a heave line and it looks like they're a heavy horse, but they don't have an ounce of sweat on them. Yeah. So okay. here in Florida, when I get a, a complaint that the horse is breathing pretty fast, um, we think of heaves, and we'll get out there, and we won't find a, a drop of sweat on them, and the temperature is rising, and uh, we'll have to put them in the anhydrosis category at that point. Okay. And so when they sweat, it's evaporative cooling. So you're saying when they're out in a warm climate, and doing their horse things um, without us, that they still need to be able to cool themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Those are the severe anhydrosis cases. And I think, Jamie, you're at that point because you're not even getting a drop of sweat even with exercise. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead, Jamie. No, I mean, just just kind of following along your line of questions, you know, I don't understand because I can't remember. I've had him for two and a half years, and I can't remember this situation ever presenting itself before, maybe last summer. Because, I, But I also kind of ride him at night. I usually ride him as the last horse of the day because I try to end on a good note. And I ride him as the last horse of the day. It's usually around 7. It's getting dark when we get done. And I never noticed it until I started taking him to these lessons that are 9 o'clock in the morning. And so I wondered if it was... Is this an obvious thing all of a sudden, or does it kind of subtly come on little by little? A uh, majority of the cases come on suddenly. Really? It's basically, yeah. <laughs> you don't see it in young horses. You rarely, rarely see it in young horses. Um, it becomes more obvious in the training horses, so we can't say, well, training causes the problem, because the pasture pets or the weekend warrior horses that are out in the past puffing and puffing and not sweating um, don't really show us any signs per se, because they're not working them every day. Right. So uh, you can have a false reading to say, oh, it's only in horses that are at their training levels because 
um, that's when we see it. Well, that's not true because I've seen it in horses that are pasture pets that are only, like here in Florida, a lot of times people will not ride in the summertime. They'll only ride in the wintertime, but yet um, I'll be called out because the horse is breathing pretty fast out in the pasture. Okay. So, um, there is no predilection that I could tell you why your horse came about it this year rather than last year, except for, A, it's an older horse, but we don't know the cutoff. We don't know if it's over 8, over 6, over 10. We don't have a predilection of a cutoff age. We don't have a predilection for breeds even. Um, and we just assume it's a inappropriate working of the sweat gland or of the receptor for the sweat gland. That's all we can surmise. We don't have an actual um, reason or cause for this disease. So how common is it? Do you come across it very often in your practice? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And, of course, I see it mostly in the training horses because those are the ones that notice it more obviously because they're out riding and then they take the, the saddle pad off and there's not a drop of sweat underneath it. And the horse is blowing like a freight train. They can't seem to get them to calm down from blowing like a freight train in 30 minutes, which they should be able to. Um, they can't ride them during the heat of the day because they get very, very hot in temperature. They can get up to 100, 304 in the middle of the day without sweating. Mm-hmm. So, well, now I'm going to start getting fried. I have a horse that doesn't sweat much. Is that different than anhydrosis? Yes, because some horses are profuse sweaters and some sweat a little bit. The ones that sweat a little bit I'm real thrilled to hear about because you have a hope or a chance with them. The ones that don't sweat at all that have shut down, sometimes it takes quite a bit to get them back sweating or they may not, they may not start up again. Now, you, 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 you said, now, can a horse, because the, the, the thing my horse actually does is he will sweat under where the girth is because it's leather. Yeah. So he does sweat a little bit, but, you know, aside from the only thing I can find to do to treat him is give him the one AC, and that is like this little, you know, powder supplement that, that that's what everybody said, oh, put him on one AC, he'll be fine. Is that true? Is that, what is that stuff? It's basically all naturals. There's some vitamin C in there and some other minerals type thing. There's no scientific proof that 1AC is the cure for anhydrosis, but clinically it seems to work for most of us practitioners. So yes, my anhydrosis horses, every April, May, I tell them to put on their calendar, start on 1AC, don't look back, put them on it for the summer, and some of them don't look back. They actually start to sweat again. Um, I can't say it was just coincidental as a possibility, or maybe it was the 1AC that worked, but I had a thoroughbred mare here that was my own, Peggy. I've talked about her numerous times. And, of course, as Jennifer knows, she's still here. But um, yeah. she, uh, she became a non-sweater in her older, older age, and um, she'd come in blowing like a freight train. I got beautiful oak trees in my pasture, so I know she had plenty of, of shade. And we put her on the 1AC every April, and we stopped every November 30th. So we didn't just take any chance. We just put her on it so that we could make sure that we don't have to worry about the non-sweater issue. It's a small amount of money to spend, but there is no clinical evidence of its ability to work. Okay. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and so for other management techniques, you know, Jamie mentioned also um, using ice water on Jet uh, before he performed. What other things can, can horse owners do for their horses that aren't sweating? The other thing Jamie recommend, or said that she does, which I highly recommend, is riding at the cooler times of the day, first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Um, putting the cold water on is good, but follow that, and I know Jamie did this, is sweat scrape it off. 
that's the one thing a lot of people don't understand here is if a dark-colored horse, a black or a dark bay, has um, water, so they come up to the fence line, you spray them off with water, and then they trot off, you just insulated them with a little layer of water that can reflect the, water, the sunlight into them and heat them up even more. So you want to sweat scrape it off so that the hairs raise up and they can do their normal cooling fashion. So you want to ice them off and sweat scrape, ice them off and sweat scrape. And then I would continually take their temperature to make sure you're dropping the temperature, because if you're not dropping the temperature, then you need to address uh, that issue as well, and that would probably be veterinarian-related at that point. And I, I do find it amazing that people don't know to sweat scrape their horse. And, and so I tell them, I'm like, you just put a hot, wet blanket on your horse because the body temperature heats it up so much faster than it cools them off. And it's right. amazing how many people don't, you know, half the time I'm so meticulous about sweat scraping uh, here at my house because it is Arizona and it is super hot and the sun is out all the time. And I'll have, I have a 4-H student that's been in 4-H for nine, eight or nine years it comes to me, why do you sweat scrape them? I'm like, what are they teaching you? You should yeah, know right. why you sweat scrape a horse. <laughs> I think most people just think you sweat scrape for aesthetics. They, they don't realize that it is actually a, a health reason. You're probably mm -hmm. right, Glenn. Um, but sweat scraping is just as important as getting the water on the horse. The other thing, too, is the icing of the horse. Now, and I had two horses um, that called me over the weekend. They really didn't want a veterinarian to come out. They were non-clients, and they were just asking some questions. They had a fever in the horse. Could have been anhydrosis. Could have been infectious-related. I don't know. But I told them, I said, go buy a bag of ice cubes at 7-Eleven gas station, whatever, nearby. Put it in your five-gallon bucket. Fill it up with water. Get on gloves because your hands will go numb. Get a sponge. Sponge bath your horse with that ice water. Sweat scrape. Sponge bath. Sweat scrape. Do this for 30 minutes. Take the temperature. See if it's coming down. And they don't understand that they can do the entire body from head to tail with the ice water. Yeah. It sounds awful, but it works. <laughs> it works like a dream. It works like a dream. It will work in a fever situation. Um, it may not bring it all the way down to normal, but it will at least bring their fever down until the vet can get there or until you can get some help. And it will work beautifully in anhydrosis. In 30 minutes, the temperature should be almost down to normal and their breathing should be back to normal. So what is the prognosis for a horse with anhydrosis to go on and have a performance career? It's good during the cold weather. <laughs> um, most of the time we don't have heavy shows here, of course, in Florida in, in the summertime. There's, there's still some shows that go on. So a lot of my clients that do have anhydrosis horses will back off on their showing schedule in the summer and then show heavily in the winter, and that's when the points are really the highest anyway, and, and, and they mean the most. But uh, they'll also have to ride at the cooler times of the day, and a lot of them work. So the cooler times of the day before they go to work or when they get home. So it, it is manageable in that sense, um, but it is going to be a management thing that they need to be aware of. Yeah. So I've seen in my area, because I'm in, in the desert where it's hot during the day, but we're cold at night, but I've seen different rescue groups have horses listed saying this horse has anhydrosis. We're hoping for a home in Alaska. Is that... Um, dramatic or is that a real option to find a home for a horse that's in a cooler climate? Well, I don't think they need to go to Alaska. They go to Montana or Idaho. You're close to those two. 
North Dakota. <laughs> it's, it, it can yeah, get North warm Dakota. in Idaho, too. Because <laughs> yeah, I think North Dakota already has frost this year. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, send, um, send all the anhydrosis horses to Canada. <laughs> I'm not getting rid of my horse, so give me a better option here. <laughs> no, and, you know, yeah, I, I think what they need to do is they have to have somebody who's educated on the anhydrosis in order, because those horses can't live in a hot environment as long as you provide the proper management for them. You can't just put them out in a solid pasture or sand lot that's directly in the sun without any shade or covering and without any help in trying to cool themselves off. That's just um, that's abuse there. So you need to take into consideration that they have a condition that needs to be managed well. Okay. And so since this is relatively common, um, is there any research that you know of that's being done to figure out what's going on with these horses? Well, of course, in my backyard at University of Florida, they're ongoing research. They've been looking at anhydrosis for over six years. They've got a couple different studies, and you can call the university or Google them and see what, they, what kind of research projects they have going on right now at the moment. Um, but they've got a couple of them that they're doing um, as we speak. And, of course, they usually shut down in August for the anhydrosis study because that's when we'll see them, and they don't take any more cases after that. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball in, in advertising for them. But if you have one this year and, and you want to put on your calendar, hey, if the anhydrosis shows up next year, May, June time, you probably give the university a call and see if you can get on their studies. Okay. And we on the horse.com, we have a fact sheet on anhydrosis that has some really good information. Um, it's a two-pager, which has condensed uh, info that can help you out if you have a horse with anhydrosis. So, Jamie, you might want to take a look at that also if you haven't already. Oh, I definitely will. Question, um, is this something that he's going to have forever or like how it suddenly came on, does it suddenly stop? Yes, it can suddenly stop as well. We've had some horses that turn right around and start up again with sweating. No kidding. Oh, well, yeah. then what's the problem here? Fix it. <laughs> the problem is, is we don't know what the cause is, so we're still searching out the actual cause. Uh, like I said, there's two thoughts or theories. Is there's an abnormality of the sweat glands or there's an abnormality of the receptor for the sweat glands. So we don't know if it's both of them that's affected or one or the other. Weird. Okay. All right, well, okay. get to work on that, Dr. Jones. Help me out here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to send as many cases as I can to the university, so uh, that, that might help us with the researchers just supplying the cases. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, thank you, Dr. Jones, and I'm sorry, Jamie. Hopefully things will turn around for Jet. That's okay. Well, you know, it was just fun. It was really sweet watching my husband come down to the horse trial warm-up for cross-country with a full bucket of water and a sponge. And it was really cute. <laughs> I was like, what a good husband. I'm like, come in. And, of course, Jet, has, this is relatively new to him, and he wanted nothing to do with the dripping sponge yeah, and the yeah. husband chasing him with a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think okay. you got a little bit of hope, Jamie, because you got a little bit of sweating under the girth, so that's always yeah. a good sign when they completely shut down is the really bad cases. So it I think you got a little bit of hope on yours still. Thank you. Yeah, it's really tough to sit and watch them breathe like that, and it just breaks your heart. You're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Run faster. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better be you careful. Guys. Somebody might be turning you in for animal abuse. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, yeah, I'm going to get in big trouble. So, listen, thanks, you guys, for joining us. Thank you, Michelle, for uh, coming up with a topic that I that I requested some, some more information on. And I'll check Absolutely. out. We'll put the link for thehorse.com. You can find Dr. Jones at Florida Equine. I wish she lived in my neighborhood. I'd have her over all the time. <laughs> and I'd certainly enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.
Bye. Bye-bye. I swear. Well, there you go. All I do is hug my horse. I just, I go, and I hug him all the time. I'm like, just thank you for still being alive. After this, after this segment, every week, I'm like, thank you for still living. <laughs> That's what I mean. Pay 1.65 million. They don't listen to every Wednesday here and find out all the different ways our horses are going to die a miserable, horrible death. I know. And some people just, uh, they just, and some of our listeners don't tune in every Wednesday, so they don't get just how bad it is as the host of this show to talk to these people week after week after week. Oh, great. It's, it's tough. But it's, it's good information and this stuff everybody should know, so I'm, I'm not bagging on them. I'm so glad they come on and make us all aware of things that are going on. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with a little tease here, Glenn, because... Okay. Friday morning, I'm going to tell you the biggest reason ever to go hug your horse. And I, I'm going to tell you about the experience I had where I was out riding in my, of course, my arena is by the road. And this lady, this police officer, excuse me, pulls over, gets out of the car, has a badge on one hip and a gun on the other hip. And she walks up to my gate and she says, Hey, you got a horse named Ride the Bench here with a gun? Uh, well, if you're talking about Joey, then yes, I guess so. Remember, that was his his. Oh, yeah, name. yeah. So a lady with a badge and a gun stops oh, at no. my house and says, do you have a horse named Ride the Bench? So I will follow up the end. <laughs> to listen to the more of the horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop down menu on the left. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang putting in their two cents on horse health topics, tune into the Horses in the Morning show at horsesinthemorning.com for your weekly fix of up to the minute horse health information. You can also go to the horse.com where you will find the mother load of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. And if you want to find out why there was a policewoman with a gun on her hip asking about Jamie's horse, Joey. Click on over to horsesinthemodernning.com and listen to episode number 488, originally aired on Friday, September 14th, for the rest of the story. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you by equestriancollections.com. Just like Horse Tip Daily brings the whole world of equine knowledge to you, Equestrian Collections brings the whole world of equine shopping to you. Check them out today at equestriancollections.com, and when you get there, tell them Coach Jen sent you. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.